0: The following is a community recording of the Decentralized Storyline for the Web 3 game, PlanetQuest. For more information, please visit planetquest.io.
1: Chapter 2. The Crimson Wolves. Report from the 18th Conference of the Universal Council, Time of Zeta Sagittarii 3.32 held on board Station Ignis in the neutral center of the core systems. Council Members for the Empire ji yung Morai Crane, Kaylin Asheret Council Members for the Federation Ore Adenis, Sana, Kim Lee Council Members for the Union Aish Phoenix, Haley Nugin, Mandela Bankole. The following is a transcript of the briefing on the relevant vote for those involved in the Explorer program.
0: Once the initial recovery vessels have been sent out, the Universal Council will, indeed, decide on what actions to take regarding the incoming quantum shipments from Sarah expedition. Thank you for your concern, President Adonis. The Council is pleased to report that the situation in Kepler-7 is progressing smoothly. The Imperial Forge world is halfway toward being evacuated, and the waves of quantum energy from the Pinnacle, the Union Mercenary ship orbiting the planet, appear to be decreasing in frequency. It is only a matter of time before our research fleets are able to approach the wreck and investigate the cause of the quantum drive's malfunction. Unfortunately, there is now another issue within the Kepler system which demands the Council's immediate attention. Due to the unrest around Kepler-7, other planets in the system have been targeted by a group of pirates known as the Crimson Wolves. Their supposed leader, Montez Lachanus, is a disgraced imperial noble now styling himself a pirate lord. The Crimson Wolf ships have mainly been employing guerrilla tactics to avoid further detection, and many of the Empire's forged colonies have already suffered severe losses. Since the Kepler system remains on the border of Empire and Union territory, policing these actions falls under the Universal Council's jurisdiction. Though it is known that the Crimson Wolves have a command ship, it has yet to make its presence known in these attacks. As such, we cannot predict where or when the pirates will strike next, and our forces will need to spread out while we attempt to locate this ship. It is likely our forces will suffer severe losses if we proceed with this course of action. There is... However, another option. Ivana Crane, commander of the Empire's Third Fleet and second granddaughter to the Emperor, has come forward saying that the Third Fleet has tracked the Crimson Wolves to their command ship. She is willing to share this information on the condition that the Council launch an assault on the command ship with Ivana herself at the helm and that the body of Montez, dead or alive, be handed over to the Empire. This would mean abandoning defense of the colonies in favor of eliminating the root of the problem. Thus, the vote placed before the Council is as follows. Should the Council spread its forces out and defend the forged colonies, or should we accept Ivana Crane's proposal and attack the Crimson Wolves command ship head on. Your faction contact will issue a statement shortly in your respective voting channels before the commencement of the vote.
1: Federation Storyline. Transmission from Sana, Valkyrie of the Federation and representative of President Lee.
2: Good soul, Explorers. Congratulations on the first successful vote of the Explorer program. Sending an investigative fleet has proved to be most effective and will potentially bring in vast amounts of quantum from beyond the core systems. However, what President O'Donis raised during the conference bears repeating. The factions must work together to avoid a tragedy like the soul system's destruction. Investing this influx of quantum into the Federation's structured and stable corporations would be an important step towards that goal. President Lee, who temporarily left Vargas to attend this conference, has also shared a general update on the situation there. Though the unknown signal continues to disrupt Nexus comms, the new communication infrastructure installed by SpireCore has significantly lessened the number of tragic accidents. Though only a temporary solution, SpireCore's infrastructure has allowed Vargas to continue production which for now is more than satisfactory. As for the current vote, it is disheartening to see yet more resources be spent in the ongoing situation around Kepler 7. All the same, the Crimson Wolves are not a threat to be taken lightly. Many of the Federation's own systems have suffered from their attacks in the past and eliminating the Pirates' leader would be very beneficial. The only question is whether the Empire, and in particular, Ivana, are disclosing the full scope of their intentions here. On the other hand, if the Council spreads out its defenses and holds the Crimson Wolves off, the Pirates may give up on Kepler and move closer to Federation-controlled systems, forcing us to deal with them directly. Stay vigilant. Sana.
0: The Universal Council has consolidated the votes of each faction. Attack the Command Ship 2 Empire Federation Defend the Colonies 1 Union The final vote is in favor of accepting the information volunteered by Ivana Crane and launching an assault on the Crimson Wolf's Command Ship. Ivana Crane has shared the coordinates of the Command Ship with the Council's forces and command of the available military squadrons has been transferred to her. The offensive force will be setting out immediately, as per the current acting commander's directions.
1: Urgent Information The following is a transmission from Yang Chen, captain of the Cossack. Origin Alder, ship of squadron Bayri 3. Dating Battle number 1 in Kepler system. Time of Zeta Sagittarii 3.32. Designation Mission Report.
3: This is Yongqian, Squadron, um, Roche 7. Sorry, I'm still a little shaken. Never seen anything like it. Commanding a single fleet is one thing, but a hundred, no, over a hundred ships. And with an east that's, it's hard to describe. I don't believe any of the crew used interfleet comms. We didn't need to, the fleets were like a single unit. Locating the command sheet went well enough. There weren't even that many Crimson Wolf's fighters, only a dozen or so, but our offensive operation was quick and merciless. From the moment her first command came in, there was no letting up the intensity. Again and again, She had us rush the command ship, all but ignoring the surrounding fighters. We were a battering ram, single-minded, striking blow after blow against its hull. When they retaliated, we scattered, like a flock of birds, not taking a single shot. In those moments, she had give each ship individual instructions. The fleets fell into a rhythm, but it was never predictable, not once. Even when ships were going down around us, none of the crew panicked. There was something about her way of talking, a confidence, that made you feel like you were untouchable. I don't know how Montes held out as long as he did, Ivona's fighter didn't even leave the tempest until his ship was almost falling apart. I hear she dragged him from the wreck herself. No idea if it's true, but I wouldn't be surprised. When the offensive was over, it was like coming out of a trance or waking up from a dream where everything made sense. At least, that's how i describe it. I wager everyone was feeling something similar. That's probably why it felt like the explosion came out of nowhere. I can't remember who noticed it first, just remember seeing space around the command ship warp. Rushing for my helmet before the observation deck's window shattered. Light poured in, it's funny, I never thought of light as solid before, but that's what it was. Solid light. Thick lines of it, bursting into the deck. I held on as much as I could, couldn't hear anything over the rush of air. Though I do remember anyway, after a couple seconds the light cleared, and it was, gone. The entire command ship just gone. The fighters around it too, I think, and some of our own. I'm sorry, that's as much as I can remember, all my hate hurts. Can you take me back to the...
1: Relevant section of report ends.
3: Captain
0: Chan's account corresponds to the others that detail the events concluding the attack on the Crimson Wolves. Every single one describes this warping of space, along with a strange light, the color of which seems to vary. The exact cause of the command ship's disappearance remains unclear, Early analysis of the spike in energy from the ship has confirmed that its quantum drives were engaged. However, it is impossible for quantum drives to transport multiple ships, let alone unwilling ones. Five of the squadrons involved in this attack have completely disappeared, and locating them is currently a high-priority operation for the Council. The forged colonies in the Kepler system have suffered severe losses, as anticipated. Near a quarter of them are now defunct, and the death toll is close to a million, perhaps more. The Crimson Wolves fighters that attacked the colonies have thankfully retreated. Most likely they have left the system, and given the absence of their command ship, it is unlikely they will reappear soon. Ivana Crane and the Third Fleet, both largely unharmed, have also departed the Kepler system, bringing the body of Montez-Lachanus to the Empire's inner rim. They have refused to disclose to the Council whether or not Montez is currently alive.